and welcome to the Blessed Life Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. I'm Pastor Eric. Thank you for joining me today. And today we close the sad close of our Christian manhood series. I'm sorry to see it go. It's been a lot of fun over the past four weeks. And with me, as always, is Mr. Dan Jeffrey. Dan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, brother. How are you, Eric? I'm doing okay. Uh, like I said, I'm a little sad. A little sad yeah. that this is coming to a close because uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and Tay and I were talking about that, and and she was like, "This is your last week." She's like, "That went by fast." I was like, "Yeah, you're telling me." Mm. So, but but we're going to end on a high note, I think. This yeah, week. yeah, I think so too. Uh, today we're going to be talking about manhood and work. So we're going to be discussing as is closed. I kind of feel like, Dan, like you and I were talking about before, this kind of brings everything to a conclusion because uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the the themes that we've talked about the last three weeks. And uh, and this kind of puts a nice little little period at the end of the sentence for who we are as men and how God has designed us. And one of the things that we talked about way back at the beginning, the very first week, was purpose, that men have purpose and drive. And that's actually something that that is, in general, distinguishes um, masculinity or men from women um, and masculinity from femininity, is that there's this drive and this mission, this purpose that that drives men to to do things, that drives men to do work. Um, And I know that really just in general in the workplace, uh, which I'm sure you've experienced this because you you are uh, your bosses are women. In your oh, workplace, yeah. so you've probably experienced this yourself. But you know, men need to have a purpose at work. They they need to be working towards something, something bigger than themselves. Uh, for whatever reason, women seem to have this innate ability to understand uh, the importance of work. But men, I think it's a little bit harder. Um, so let's. I want to start off by talking about purpose, rehashing a little bit why purpose is important and what is a man's purpose um, when it comes from a Christian perspective. Yeah, yeah. So purpose, I I think before we get into a lot of what kind of detailed perspective, it, it, it's good to start at just kind of the bare basics of our purpose is men. We're created in the image of God. You know, he created us for a great purpose. What is that purpose? Ultimately, our purpose as each individual is to become more and more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and to share the love of Christ with the world, and I think that has to be our foundation, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what whatever other purpose God has for us flows out of that, right? And so you know whether it's the purpose of your work is to make money, to say uh, to save it, to buy a house. If the purpose of your work um, is is to serve other people. All of that ultimately needs to flow out mm-hmm. of the larger purpose of becoming more like Jesus and sharing the love of Jesus with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And from from that foundation, again, we've talked a lot about boundaries, and we've talked about a lot about freedom within those boundaries. That that sets our baseline boundary for us. And obviously mm-hmm. sin sets another boundary for us. So we're within there where there's a lot of freedom. And and I yeah. think sometimes in our pursuit of purpose, mm-hmm. um, we can either underappreciate what God has us doing in a moment, mm-hmm. um, where, where we're striving for something more that, that yes. maybe in the future God's got for us, but in this moment isn't what he has for us. And I, right. I've been there. That, that was one of the big things for me when I left uh, church ministry and entered the mortgage industry was thinking, God, this can't be your purpose because, mm. you know, you've got a different purpose. And that's uh, and I spun my wheels a lot about a uh, lot because of that. But I also think we can also. As, as we were kind of talking about beforehand, we can read too much into purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that. You know, there is a lot of what goes on in everyday life that's just everyday life. Yeah. And God right. works through that and and there is something spiritual to it. But it's right. it's some of it, you know, tonight I'm probably gonna have to get up 
and rock Judah, change his mm-hmm. diaper, and that's that's part of my purpose is I'm right. helping my son, but it's not this all life changing deal. So right. so we w- need to have the right perspective on purpose, mm-hmm. and I think that starts with having the foundation of I want to become more like Jesus, and I want to share the love of Jesus, and then from there the details. Um, you know, God takes care of those. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. And and you said it well that we have we have a purpose. Uh, all people have a purpose, but specifically since we're talking about men, um, our purpose is to become like Jesus and to walk in Jesus' step, to live in Christ, as mm-hmm. Paul says over and over and over and over again in his letters, that we are in Christ and we live in Christ. And I think that oftentimes what we like to do is we kind of have this picture or this fantasy or this escape from reality that tells us that we're more important than we are and that our purpose is bigger than this quote unquote bigger than it actually is. Right. Cause we all want to be, you know, some of the guys that we've talked about in, on the podcast in the past, like we all want to be like a Jocko Willink mm-hmm. or a Tim Kennedy or a Joe Rogan, right? We all want to be these kind of larger than life personalities. And we think that if we don't get to that purpose, if we don't have some sort of big uh, uh, movement that we are, are part of or that we start, mm-hmm. we're kind of, we're falling short. And yeah. I think that, that that tends to drive men to some sort of fantasy or escape yeah. because we feel like our work is meaningless. But as you point out, really our purpose is like like we talked about back in yeah. week one, you know, it's things like humility and integrity and love and sacrifice and those type, those are the things that we are called to do, and that's actually our purpose yeah. is to lead a life like Christ in humility, with yeah. re, with integrity, uh, with drive, with self sacrifice. Those are the things that we're called to do, and we can do lots of different things yeah. and fulfill that purpose. Yeah. Right? We don't all have to be uh, influencers. We don't all have to be uh, super influential in our community. We can just do our work well in our family, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, and we've fulfilled our purpose if we've done it that way. Yeah. Another way that I've thought about this is, you know, one of the one you know a saying that people kick around a lot is the ends justify the means. So if you have some big plan or you have some some goal that you're working toward, you know, you do whatever it takes to get there. But in the Christian life, the the ways are sorry, the means are the ends. How we go about our life is in fact the purpose of our life. Um, so it's not that we're called to do one particular thing, but we're called to do all these different things in in a particular way, and that's yeah. the way of Jesus. Yeah, and and. Eric, it's crazy, and and to you folks listening, uh, Eric and I really didn't have much of a conversation before yeah. this, and and it's amazing uh, the things that God's been landing in your heart fit with mine. And, there, and there's two real things that come to mind here. Uh, I'll start with the second one with because because the ends justifying the means. As I was up last night praying about mm. um, our recording today, and mm. and I kept thinking about that, mm. and and one of my thoughts is we already know the end, mm. you know. The, you know, the ends justify the means. We know the end is, is if we're in Christ, we, we know that the final chapter is we go to be with him. Yep. And so if the ends are already there, well, the means are what matter. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the means, you know, um, are what get us there. Right. And we continue to grow in Christ. And I, I had a conversation with uh, John Baggett, who I mentioned oh, yeah. last week. I mm-hmm. talked with him, and we were uh, chatting back and forth. Um, and that was a big part of our conversation, you know, is tomorrow's not mm-hmm. promised. Mm-hmm. So so how do I know I'm in Christ? Mm-hmm. Because we could have, you know, plans, and we should have plans, and we have hopes for the future. But uh, at any point, we could just drop dead. Right. And and so the means, we we know the end. So the means are what we really focus on. Right. The the second thing, um, well, well, the first thing, but I'm going to talk about it second. 
when when you talk about this idea of having this grandiose vision for purpose mm-hmm. and and you know desiring to have a great deal of influence and everything i get that is that something especially as a young man but even now uh, i can struggle with because because i've got a pretty good imagination um and and i feel strongly called but i i think i think the best way to protect yourself as a man from giving into that is by being deeply in love with Jesus mm. and being rooted in thankfulness for who he is and what he's done for you. Mm-hmm. And and what I find, at least in my life, is when I am just overwhelmed with my love for my Savior, mm-hmm. I don't really care how big or small mm. his call is and what the purpose is. Right. When when you get to that place where it's like, Jesus, I just want to serve you. I just want you to use me however you see fit. Mm-hmm. That's where we get in that sweet spot. And that's where God really begins to use us. He can use us outside of that. But that's where we really start walking in the will of God is when we say, God, I don't care about the details. I care about you and I care about serving you and giving my whole life to you. So, so lead me in that direction and I'll follow. Mm. Kind of the prophet Isaiah, you know, um, who shall we send and who will go for us? Here am I, send me. Mm-hmm. And mm. I, I think that has to be our mindset every yeah. morning when we wake up. Lord, here am I, send me. And, um, and I, I think that helps keep us rooted and grounded in in true humility like we talked about on the first right. episode of seeing ourselves within the light of who god is mm-hmm. um and and i i think that's just vitally important yeah because ultimately our purpose isn't given to us by our own desires but it's given to us by god mm-hmm. and so we plug into god's meta narrative that he is redeeming the entire world and and working toward the new heaven and the new earth so we get to take part in the new creation now and our purpose is to live in the new creation and all the blessing that that comes along with that and draw other people into the new creation um, through faith in christ right so like ultimately that's our purpose that's what we do as christians and specifically as men that's what we do Mm -hmm. and everything else kind of falls in line with that Everything else kind of falls behind that. And there's really, you know, the reason that I wanted to end our series on this topic specifically is because um, we're, we're, I, I want us to, to talk about kind of three main things. Well, work, community, and friendship. Because these are kind of the primary realities of all men. Like, not, not all men will be fathers. Um, not all men will have the opportunity to mentor um, although I wish that they would, right? Like I wish that that was something that all men would have the opportunity to have. Um, but all men, I guess I should say more men than will be fathers will work, right? Will be in the workplace. Uh, all men will have a community that they are a part of. They will live in a house or in an apartment building that is on a street that has other houses and other apartment buildings that's in a neighborhood that's in a town, right? Everyone, Every man has a community and every man has friends. And so we find our purpose, this work of, of plugging into God's mission of remaking the world into the new heaven and the new earth. These are the primary realities that we experience those things is work, community and friendship. Uh, fatherhood is another primary reality, but there are going to be more men who work, live in a community and have friends than there are who will be fathers. So this is going to be a much more broad topic. Um, and so let's start off with work. I want to talk about finding purpose in work. And, and you know, like we mentioned before, there's this temptation for men to have these fantasies about who they are and what they are supposed to do. And something that we talked about briefly before we, we started recording that I wanted to address was this what I think is this concerning emphasis in the Christian manhood world 
this concerning emphasis on being a warrior and that being a primary uh, identity that that all men ought to have. Uh, and I, I know men who buy into that and I know men who are all about that. And to me, that's a worrisome emphasis because while some men are warriors, some men are called to serve and to protect um, from a military uh, standpoint, not all men are called to be warriors, but all men are called to be workers, which is what we find in Genesis 1, that, that all of humanity is called to work. Um, and so I wanted to get your input on that, Dan, about this. I think that there's this fantasy out there that all men want to be John Wayne or they want to be Rambo or Clint Eastwood. There's this kind of fantasy that we buy into of this this hyper-masculine, super-jacked, gun-toting savior uh, that I don't think we really find in Scripture. We don't? (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately, Rambo, First Blood Part 2 is not a book of the Bible. You didn't hear where Jesus came down from the cross with an Uzi and just laid waste <laughs> to everybody? You know, what Bible are you reading, man? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did. Well, and, and and I don't think this idea, I, I, I agree with you that, especially in light of what we saw happen at the Capitol, mm. Um, mm. That, that's a dangerous idea. Mm-hmm. But I think the root of where so many men in the church identify with that and i get it i i've been there um and and it's something on some level i probably still have it in my head is rooted out of i think a god-given desire i think this god-given idea of fighting against injustice of you know looking out for the widow and the orphan and Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the terms that you'll hear so often with guys like this is standing in the gap and i i think that um, I think that is in so many ways a God-given desire, but I think in light of recent events, in light of uh, scripture, I, I agree with you. The idea of a warrior um, is dangerous. And, yeah. you know, there, there are folks, you know, my best friend in the world, Jojo, is an army ranger. One of my early mentors in ministry, Lane Sandifer, uh, is a chaplain now, but he was an army ranger. Mm. Um you know, I, I've got a cousin who's a Denver police officer, a good friend who's a Denver police officer. Those guys are warriors on right. some level. Is is God's called them into those positions where where they're putting their life on the line to protect mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. The the part where I think a better well, let me put it this way. I think a better term for men to identify with within the church that haven't been called to those things. Is is to be a protector, mm-hmm. and and a protector looks after people, looks after, um, you know, the weak, you know, protects their family. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna go out looking for a fight with someone, but if someone breaks into my house and you know is a threat to my family, well, then I'm gonna engage them physically mm-hmm. to stop mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and. It's this idea of not trying to go out and conquer, but trying to look after those that are in our sphere of influence, that are in our community, that need someone to be there. And in that way, we can be the hands and feet of Jesus because Jesus is a provider. Jesus is a protector, and he can use us in those situations. Um, And and the best story I can think of... uh, around this is when I was a youth pastor at our church, there was a gas station probably about a half mile away. And for whatever reason, um, I, I decided I wanted a rock star or something. Um, so I'm walking down uh, this way. I never went uh, through this neighborhood. And, and these two young guys, um, mid twenties came busting out and they were yelling at each other and they were throwing punches. Mm. Um, and me being me, my first instinct was, Hey, fellas, what's going on? Um, and one of the guys came at me, you know, um, started swinging, and, and mm. I was able to kind of sidestep and push him to the ground. And, um, 
just made it real clear to him, hey, you you don't want to get up right now. Like, mm. let me back away. And he got up and, you know, flipped me the bird and everything. Well, I ended up having a conversation with um, uh, the folks at the house. And um, that's a situation where that's a protector. It's it's this explosive situation mm-hmm. where we're stepping into that wasn't for the purpose of beating someone up. It wasn't for the purpose of gaining anything. It was to de-escalate. It was mm-hmm. to make sure that people were safe. And and so I, I don't want to say, you know, I think warrior is a potentially dangerous term to use uh, in, in have the men listening to this feel like we're trying to rob them of some level of their masculinity or take away God-given desires that are in their heart. But I think it has to be set in a Christ-honoring, Christ-like right. manner right. that doesn't conform to the pattern of this world. Right. And, and in that, I think we find great purpose and, and we find great fulfillment where if, if we allow that to be polluted, mm-hmm. um, the, there's a heavy cost there's a heavy cost for that, and and mm. we we've seen evidence of that in our nation just in the past handful of months. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that you're exactly right. The, and and I love that that term protector. I think that's a much more accurate term for the impulse that men feel when they feel drawn to military service, uh, when they feel drawn to even Christian manhood. Having those conversations, it is that protector. That's really the the that's the actual thing that's going on, and you know you you have a you have a hard conversation with with any of these guys who have served, and they'll tell you that war is hell, like war is terrible, and we should not wish war or violence on anybody. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible thing to have war, to be engaged in a war, and our young men and women who are serving are witnessing and experiencing terrible things in in war uh but the these individuals who are entering into this service military service what's drawing them to that is protecting they want to protect people um so i think very rarely are you going to find those people who are just bloodthirsty savages maybe that that might be the initial draw is because they want to be just freaks of nature and they want to be able to do crazy amounts of pull-ups and push-ups and fire guns um but healthy warriors are protectors right Mm -hmm. that's what they that's what they are um and and as all as men in general we we do not see in scripture that all men are called to be warriors in fact that's that's not what we see uh, there are men who are called to be warriors, but that's not everybody. But that protector language is much more accurate mm-hmm. to what we're supposed to be doing. And and I, the phrase that I kept thinking about this week as we were preparing was that of shepherd. Like I, I think that shepherd might be one of the best images that we have for uh, an for an adult Christian man as they work, as they are a father and a husband. It's that of shepherd because the shepherd is not a violent person. They care for their sheep, they feed their sheep, they provide for the sheep. Um, but when push comes to shove, if there's a wolf or a bear or a lion threatening the sheep, that shepherd protects the sheep, yeah. and there might be violence involved in that protection. Mm-hmm. Um, so violence may be a byproduct of protection, but that is not the end that the shepherd is working towards. So I think that's actually the more biblical image, yeah. is man as a worker or a shepherd um, that includes some of these other things that we talked about, like drive and self-sacrifice and protection. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we're in our workspaces, that needs to be the mode that we're in, is we're yeah. in this kind of shepherd mode where uh, we are focused on the end goal. We're taking care of the things mm-hmm. that need to be done. We're especially taking care of the people that we need to take care of. Yeah. And um, and we'll, we will protect them if we need to. Yeah, well, and I think there's there's probably some of you fellows that are listening to this right now that you have in your head. Well, put on the full armor of God, um, and 
thinking about that in, in our battles, not against flesh and blood. So, yeah, I, I know I'm not going to go out and, you know, kill anybody like that. But, you know, I'm a spiritual warrior. And then, you know, I, I get that. And I, I get that thought process. Um, but one of the things that I felt really convicted about, probably in the past 12 months or so, I think that type of mindset can, and I know for me it's been the case, can cause us to take our eyes off of Jesus mm. to where, you know, we have a very real enemy. And, and like the stories I shared with you earlier, Eric, you mm-hmm. know, is, is mm-hmm. I, I've had real, I, I've had really spiritual experiences. I, I've seen demons um, and things like that. So that's a very real thing. But I think that kind of mindset gets us focused on that reality right. rather than the reality of Christ, which, which Christ is victorious. Mm-hmm. You know, any battle we enter into, Christ is victorious over it. Right. You know, and, and what keeps us from being in victory in that is our own sin and our lack of faith. Mm-hmm. And, and so rather than having this warrior mindset where, you know, um, you're fighting demons and stuff like that, to have this protector mindset right. that, that the great warrior, that, mm-hmm. that Jesus has is, is, is won the battle, he's won the war, and, and the skirmishes, the battles we have in our life, he's the one who fights those for us. Right. And and for us to have the mindset, okay, Satan and his demons are going to do things, and, and and they're going to attack, and God will use us to help protect people in that. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. when that comes, we mm-hmm. come alongside. We we stand in the gap in protection of a person who who can't stand up for themselves. You know, intercessory yeah. prayer. You know. Something along those lines where it's, Lord, I'm praying protection. But even then, we're not the protector. Mm-hmm. We may be the instrument mm-hmm. that God uses. But ultimately, it, it's the Lord who protects us. And so changing that mindset and, you know, it, it doesn't take away who God's made you to be. I, I think this helps us hone down more. Mm-hmm. And, and it increases our reliance on him. Right. Rather than increasing our need for self-sufficiency. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and so when it comes to work, you know, how do we as men then, you, you're, in, you're in the workplace right now. You've been a pastor in the past, but now you're, you're working at a bank. Or is that right? It's a bank? Uh, yeah, we're a mortgage broker. So Okay, so you're working it's, for a mortgage broker, much. right? Uh-huh. So you're a mortgage loan officer. You're doing this work. You're in an office, you know, doing your regular nine to five. Uh, you as a Christian man, with all this conversation, how do you, um, how do you find purpose then in your work as a somebody who is called to be like Christ in humility and integrity and to protect those uh, around them, uh, to be driven and to have purpose? How do you find that in your work? Well, well, there's three real things that um, I really focus on. And the first two things, and, and I'm stealing this from Jordan Peterson, which some people hear that and, and you'll want to stop listening and half of you will hear that and say, oh, I'm going to keep listening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he says the killer combination is uh, competency and character. Mm. That if you're really competent in what you do, um, but you have low character, Mm. You're going to make decisions that aren't going to be worth the level of mm-hmm. production that you have. Where if you have really great character, but you're not competent, um, while you're trustworthy, while you're hardworking, if you're not producing, then then you know you're uh, not going to last long. So so I try to be very competent in my job, continue to learn, continue to grow, so that I can um, produce a high quality uh, service. Uh, for our clients and, mm-hmm. and, you know, production for, you know, my supervisor and to do that with a great deal of character where it's, I'm on the clock, I'm working hard, you know, my yes is yes, my no is no. Um, and, and in the midst of that, I, I think the real secret sauce though is intentionality. 
mm. being incredibly intentional where I walk into the office um, knowing, you know, I'm probably in the minority of being a Christian mm-hmm. um, and, and at least in the minority of being a very, you know, outspoken Christian, mm-hmm. very open about my faith that people are going to be watching. And especially in my mm-hmm. office where I'm like, the oh, one of the, well, now we've got three, three guys. Mm. So, so, so we're, we're not quite as outnumbered, um, but we're the minority mm-hmm. where every interaction I have, I try to be very intentional. You know, am I pointing this person to Jesus or away from Jesus? Yeah, well. And, you know, um, one of the things my dad taught me is to have ministry eyes and ears. What, what are the little things in the day that I can pick up on where it's, God, what are you doing, and how can I be involved? Mm. So, so hearing someone say they've had a rough day or picking up on that, taking the time to say, hey, what's going on? And the other thing that I really try to do with intentionality is prioritizing people over work. That, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I, I, I have to be able to get my work done. But if God's got some sort of appointment for me with someone, to take the time to be present in that conversation with that person. And I, especially once I pick up of, hey, God, you're doing something here. It's, okay, Lord, I'm going to take the time to do this. Help me to be faithful to this and help me to get the work done that I need to. Um, and what I've found um, is that, that God's faithful to do that. And so I, I would say for us finding purpose and living out our calling um, as a Christ follower in work comes down to let's, let's be very competent at our jobs. Um, let's, let's do it with high character and let's be, inc- let's be 100% intentional with 100% of what we do. Yeah, man, that's so good. And in, in your workplace, you know, you've mentioned before that uh, your boss is a woman and that, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of alluded that you're, you know, the the men to women ratio is skewed toward women. And I just want to know from you, from your perspective, um, obviously you have no problem with that. You work mm-hmm. in that system well. Obviously that's not an issue. But what are some of the uh, what are some of the things that you've noticed in in that a world that you're working with women, uh, your boss is a woman, uh, specifically as a man, as a Christian man, you know, what are some of those distinctives that you've seen and how you work um, and how you accomplish tasks and some of those things, you know, what is that, what is that dynamic uh, like for you? Well, well, the biggest thing that I noticed being in um, a very female heavy workplace there's a lot of there's a lot more emotional swings that take place, and I know that that may seem stereotypical, <laughs> but but there there there's a lot of emotions that go on, um, and and there's you know um, some of the stuff that would be characterized as stereotypical, you know, a lot of drama, a little di- a lot of different stuff like that that as as you know, up until a few months ago, the only guy in the office where it was just like I, I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, I know that's not necessarily the most politically correct thing to say, but the women in my office would, you know, agree with me on it. Um, but I also just notice motivations are different. Mm. You know, in in the previous company I worked for, uh, the biggest motivating factor that management used was money because it really came down to making more money and it was a very diverse group uh, but mm-hmm. it was much more 50 50 split men and women versus mm-hmm. um, my my current company and what I see more within our office is money is definitely a motivation 100% you're at work you know you do it for a paycheck but there's a lot of other things that are used um, and, and I've got a great boss she's a fantastic leader i'm learning so much and and she gets that and so Mm -hmm. there's little things and and very thoughtful things um that at my old company i don't think would have gotten anyone really fired up to work uh but in the environment that i'm in really helps the ladies i work around to feel 
cared for and and feeling cared for really motivates them to um, go above and beyond. Right. Which they do. If if, if mm-hmm. somehow, some way they end up listening to it. Ladies, you do a great job. I'm so thankful to work with you. You guys are the best. You ladies yeah. are the best, I should say. That. You know, that's that humility piece, right? Where some guys, it would it would be hard to have a woman as a boss. But really, as a Christian man, if you're in that situation, we Christians should be able to adapt and have humility and integrity in whatever situation that we're in. Right, we should be able to work in whatever the situation is, even if it's uncomfortable for us, or even if it's not what we're used to. Um, but you know, the world's changing, the, yeah. and, and the United States is changing, where it's becoming increasingly female, and it's becoming increasingly brown, and increasingly Spanish-speaking. So we're going to be in situations where you know, you and I, Dan, as like kind of typical waspy, you know, white. Uh-huh protestant men where we had just a monopoly on power and the monopoly on authority we're going to find ourselves not in that in that position anymore mm-hmm. and so i think it's really important um you know and i think that you've done such a great job explaining how you approach work it's really really important for us um, as christians because people are going to be watching us we need to be intentional um that we can we can accept and adapt to that changing demographic dynamic in our workplace and still work with integrity and humility and honesty uh, with character and with competence in our work. Because as soon as, as soon as the Christian in the office, the Christian man in the office is, has a problem with their boss who happens to be a woman and they let gender color how they speak to her and color how they interact with her you know that's going to be a that's going to be a negative mark on christ mm-hmm. so it's really important that we as christian men understand that it is okay and we ought to be eager to step into situations where we aren't in charge or people who look like us aren't in charge and be able to work in those situations well yeah well what i can tell you going from uh two male bosses to going into the mortgage industry and both of my bosses uh, were women is, is they had bigger stones than the two guys mm. I worked for mm. before I got into mortgage industry. Um, is, is they got a little more courage to them and, yeah. and some of that and to, to be in the positions they had to be in. Um, just in general, you have to have a lot of guts, but, oh, but especially to um, be a woman and, and to make it to that point, you got to fight hard. Yeah. Um, and, and so, men, if you have a uh, female boss, my experience has been great with both uh, my old boss, Amy, and my current boss, Cheryl. And, and there's so much you can learn from them. Right. Um, and and with how hard they, a lot of ladies have to work oh, um, man. to get to their position. Yeah. And they, they have a different mindset oftentimes um, that... It, it, if you're small enough to have it be a big deal to you, you're, you're not going to learn. But if you come in with an open mind yeah. and take coaching and, and are willing to see things from a little different perspective, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a better man. I'm a better leader. I'm a better mm. worker because of the influence uh, that, that they've had on my uh, both professional and personal career mm. or career in life. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. So if you're a man out there and you have a problem with the lady boss, get over yourself. Grow a pair. Grow, grow a pair. <laughs> grow a pair, and submit Ooh. to your yeah. to your boss because yeah. she had to work ten, twenty times harder than you've ever had to work to get to that position. So yeah, um, if you're show her the respect guy. that she deserves, <laughs> and uh, and follow her lead because she she is probably doing a good job. Yep. If you're a single guy and you want to get married, get used to having a female boss anyway. So that's, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. All right, let's move on to community. Uh, so in Genesis one, we have this mandate that we hear about when um, man is put in the garden, humans are put in the garden, and they're told to work. So that's even even in the perfect Eden, humans still worked. So work is really important, and it's not a negative. It should be a positive in our life. But in Genesis 1 and 2, uh, 
where we hear the story about God creating man and woman together, and he tells them to go be fruitful and multiply. And in uh, the Jewish tradition, as they understood this, um, and the way that I think that Paul and Jesus interpreted Genesis 1 and 2 is that this was really a mandate to build community. Because when a family, uh, when a man and a woman love each other very much and they have kids and those kids have kids and those kids have kids and you begin to start living around other people. So your home is now kind of adjacent to other homes and that creates neighborhoods. And as neighborhoods become adjacent to one another, it creates towns. And as towns become adjacent to one another, it creates cities, right? So we have this this idea of this always kind of expanding reality that we live in as humans. Like we're kind of, we're, we're designed to build communities. We're designed to build towns and cities. Um, so I think Genesis one and two gives us a mandate for being in community with other people and building healthy communities. So let's talk a little bit about um, the man's role in the neighborhood and in the wider community. Dan, what are you, what are your initial thoughts on that? I think there's a lot of freedom in that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. within a community, um, you know, it, it, it can really vary. You know, it's, you're going to have some people that they're going to be community leaders and, and they're going to take charge and they're going to, you know, head up initiatives and stuff like that. But, but again, I, I don't see a problem with women leading in that situation right. and being yeah. called to that. And there's some men that... I, and at least as as a cousin, um, you know, uh, with with my younger cousins, uh, uh, playing with them and and being focused on being around them and having uncles that were that way, right? And then really, that's kind of how I am with uh, my nephews and nieces. Is we have family get-togethers and it's hey, I'm gonna go play with them. You know, I want to hang out with the kids. That the, there's a variety of different roles, right. and. I, I think one of the biggest things that can hold communities back, though, is a lack, is men not being willing to get out of their shell. Yeah, you I know, totally agree. Is, mm-hmm. uh, is, is you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to step out um, and, and get to know people that mm-hmm. are potentially different from you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and by that, I don't mean, you know, um, ethnicity or religious differences, though, though those are very real things, but, but just different interests, different yeah. things, uh, different passions. Right. And if, if we're looking at diversity, I, I think that's, that's a big part of it is if everyone, even if everyone looks different, if you all think the same way, you know, that's not really diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you could have someone from me, from every ethnicity under the sun, but if you all think the same way, yeah. you're, you're really the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but stepping out and I think so oftentimes community is so close and, and I think women crave it. Oftentimes they're hesitant for community because of the men in their life and then they don't want to do it by themselves they want to do it right. with men and so partnering in that with right. the women in the community right. and um entering into that with with open hands and open hearts mm-hmm. of lord mm-hmm. what do you want to do how how can how how can i share your love and what role is that within my community whether that's my family whether that's my neighborhood whether that's my work right. environment right. um and it works a little different cuz you have titles and job descriptions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but in informal settings within my church you know how lord lord i i don't care what it is you call me to do as long as i'm serving you um and so i i think there's a wide variety of roles in community that men can and should fill mm-hmm. and inherently one's not better than the other um and, and so be open to what it uh to what god is doing where god's yeah. leading you and be willing to get out of your shell yeah in order to create and foster community with those around you in particularly those that that in some way shape or form are different than you Right. I totally agree. And, I, and that was the one thing that I was going to bring up, too. And so I'm glad that you brought it up was uh, which you said it better than I than I could have. You said we need to get out of our shells. Men need to get out of their shells. 
And I think it's it's really easy for men to just kind of put our head down. We go to work. We get home. We eat dinner. Uh, you know, if we want to play video games or whatever at night, it's just easy for us to just go through the grind, maybe have our little hobbies, but really not interact with the people around us. Um, and I see that in my own neighborhood where, you know, Sarah and I, we moved in to our house two and a half years ago. And we were super intentional about meeting people, about learning names, remembering names. Like we give like Christmas cards out to all of our neighbors and make cookies for them. And by and large, our neighbors don't talk to us or will sometimes even actively ignore us. And it's just because we we just get in these ruts where we're we just get home, we pull into our garage, the garage door closes, we go inside, we're never outside, right? We just are never engaging with each other. And the problem with that is we are commanded. It is a command in scripture to love our neighbors, which means the people who live right next to us, you know, like it's not like that's not a trick question that is supposed to be some abstract Well, we treat everybody well. Like, no, that means like actually like you're the person who lives next door to you the next address over, that is your neighbor, and you are commanded by God to love that person. You're commanded by God to take care of that person. And how can you love somebody if you don't know them? You know, How can you love somebody if you don't know their name? And so I think it's really important for men, like you said, to take ownership of their street, to take ownership of their neighborhood, and get to know the people that you live next to. Get to know the people around you have barbecues at your house invite them over for a beer whatever that looks like just have just just engage with them uh, and especially with the other men like i think that networking is really really important um not only in the neighborhood but in the wider community for men to know who their alder person is to know who their mayor is to know who their state representative is i think that's all part of being a man is simply being involved and again this is something that women seem to do a little bit more naturally. They seem to network a little bit more naturally. And it's definitely something that men ought to do. And like you said, we need to, if we need to rely, like maybe for a little bit more of a shyer personality, we need to rely on the women in our life to help us make those connections. But we've got to know the people around us if we're going to love them. And this is something that, that I'm, I'm, I must admit, I'm not the best at, mm. you know, I, I, I love people. Uh, dearly, uh, you know, I, I've been blessed with quite a few friends, but this is something that within the, within a, if there's a structure to it, mm-hmm. I can really flourish and do really well mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. But when there isn't a structure, that's where I really struggle. Right. And, and I, I get what you're saying, getting into a rut and, mm-hmm and being tired and and not wanting to do that and and i think ladies if you're trying to help the men in your life become better informing community whether it's around where you live whether it's in your church whether it's wherever help put put some sort of structure in place something really even if it's really simple really informal have some form of structure Mm -hmm. because i think Mm -hmm. that helps give men a certain comfort level and because because i'm the type of guy if you're saying you know let's let's just go knock on people's doors and chat Mm -hmm. with them man you know you you may be able to get me to do it but i'm not going to be excited about it (laughs) um but but if you're going to have a gathering a party or something you know i'll I'll come more alive um especially if there's some structure to it with activities and stuff like that um and so i think that's something as someone who struggles with that having structure helps me um because yeah because i'm not good at it yeah yeah the one thing that so Sarah and I, this is probably something that we do we do well. So if this is kind of a growth edge for you, this is probably a strength for my wife and I. Um, which again, our our neighbors have been hesitant to <laughs> to join us on that. Which I think part of that is their personalities. I think that we we do live around some quiet people, um, you know, and we're we're definitely we're definitely like the house on in our like adjacent like all just the people who live immediately around us. 
like we probably have visitors more than anybody else in our, you know, unless it's their families. But we had this, these new neighbors, we moved in and just like probably six months later, uh, the lady next door sold her house and this new couple moved in, uh, to her house. And what we did, first of all, we went over and introduced ourselves when they came in, we made them some cookies. We brought them over you know, we introduced ourselves. But then what we did is every time we had a gathering at our house, like, and we, we have a fire pit in our backyard. So we just invite people over and, you know, they bring drinks and sometimes we'll have like finger food, that kind of stuff. But every time we had one of those, we invited this couple like we just walked over there, knocked on the door, said, hey, you know, we're having brats. We got a couple beers. If you want to come over and hang out, you know, we have some people, some people coming over. And every single time they have said no. <laughs> yeah. They have said no every single time. But uh, us offering that to them has mm-hmm. opened up the window that they know that we are friendly. They know that we are interested in getting to know them. So that's allowed us to have other conversations just like out in our yard about other things. And, you know, at one point I had talked to my other neighbor, their yards connect. And he was like, Hey, I'm I'm thinking about redoing my fence. My other neighbor was like, Hey, I'm thinking about redoing my fence. I said, Hey, you guys should talk to each other. Maybe you can share the cost and you can, you know, you know, so it's just like those kind of connections um, come a little bit more naturally to me, but it was just because I just, I just invited people to what we were already doing. Um, whenever I see my neighbor, I make sure I say hello. You know, I, I make sure I don't just ignore them, even though that would be easier. Um, and some days I don't feel like saying hello or striking up a small talk conversation, but I think it's just those little things that you can begin to build that network, um, by, and like I said, even if it's just as simple as inviting people to what you're already doing, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. having a gathering, just invite your neighbors because they're probably going to say no anyway, but at least now they know that that you're friendly, that you want to get to know them, and that may open the door down the road. Well, and, and so many people just want want to belong and yeah. want to be invited, even if they don't accept the invitation. Right. They, they want to feel like they have a place and that they right. are included. And, and that, I think, is just uh, such a wonderful reminder, Eric. Of, and, and, and really... As, as we talked about again, that the means are more important than the end, that it's not about them coming to a party at your house, as, as they may never, they may right. never come. Right. But that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility right. is to be the good neighbor to invite them exactly right. to, to present that. And you never know what God's going to do through that, whether that's coming right. to your party or something that changes in their heart that someone else that God brings in you know, ministers to mm-hmm. them and leads them to the Lord. You, we just don't know. But I, I think when it comes to community, when it whether that's, again, in your neighborhood, your church, your yeah. workplace, intentionality is the right. big thing. Right. Is are we being intentional with those around us yeah. in a way to impact them for the kingdom of Christ? Right. And are we intentional that everything that we're doing is to bring honor and glory to right. the name of Jesus. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and I think that building that community is really important. Um, so I encourage all you guys who are listening to uh, begin to cultivate that, get to know your neighbors, um, love them, treat them well, um, and hopefully you'll get the opportunity to uh, give them Christ, to preach yep. Christ to them. You know, that's 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 what we want, um, is ultimately to get to that. Yeah. Um, so here, Dan, before before we close, we just have a few minutes left, and I just want to talk real briefly about friendship and why friendship is important mm-hmm. um, for men. You know, we've talked about our work. We've talked about community. Um, how do men find purpose in the friendships that they build with one another? Maybe a good way for me to respond to this, and this may not make sense or not, but in, in so many ways... I think the end goal and the end purpose of friendship is friendship. Mm. Of finding mm. that the purpose of friendship is to be a friend mm-hmm. and, and, and to have a friend. You know, it, it's so easy, and this is where intentionality um, can have a downside to it. Mm. With, with friends, you know, 
I'm very intentional in showing people that I love them. Is it's part of how God God's wired me. But it's really nice to have people where you can just let your guard down. Yeah. And where where you can just be real, where right. where you can have an hour and a half conversation before recording a podcast and just <laughs> talk about life like we yeah. like we've done every week for four mm-hmm. weeks now, mm-hmm. where where there isn't an agenda, where right. you know where you can just be yourself. And so I really think the purpose of friendship and you know male friendship is to be a friend. And yeah. and I think. That's good. We, we learn from our friends, but we also mm-hmm. learn by being a friend. Yeah, and and so if there's if there's an area where some of the intentionality, the intensity of that can be taken down, and I can be too intense with being intentional, <laughs> yeah. um, I can be too intense with anything, um, but of just enjoying one another's company, living. Right in fellowship is is god wants us to live in fellowship with him mm-hmm. and coming out of you know as, as i've said in uh our previous episodes coming out of a real dark season where honestly i was suicidal um mm-hmm. one of the ways that the enemy really attacked me and and kept me in the ditch was 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 through self-isolation of of shutting out people um in my life that Mm -hmm. that cared about me um and that we we weren't made to go through this life alone that's right yeah we we were created for community and it's something that i try to be intentional with myself about you know is is not isolating myself right and and if you're in that place where you are isolating, where 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 you feel so lonely, and and you want someone to be there at the same time, you're you're mm-hmm. just so afraid or, or in so much pain that that the idea of that's just more than you can bear. You mm-hmm. you gotta find someone that you yeah. can be real with. Right. You gotta you gotta take the risk and you gotta be honest and open, and and that's that's. That's part of how God's going to bring you out of it. And and if you don't know who that person is, ask God. Mm-hmm. Ask God to bring mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. Ask, ask God. And, you know, one of the things that, and, and I, I'm going to say this just because I'll be mad at myself if I don't. If you notice a friend self-isolating, if you notice a friend that, that's really been, well, reach out and keep mm-hmm. reaching out. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, don't stop. Don't yeah. stop because even if they're not <clears throat> responding to you, you do not know the impact that a text message, a voicemail, um, an email right. from you can have. Even if you don't hear back from them, don't allow that to discourage you. Right. If God's laid mm-hmm. them on your heart, if you're concerned, don't stop. Mm-hmm. And as a person who you know was a lot closer to making a very selfish decision than I ever want anyone to be, Things like that make a difference, and God wants to use you. And coming back, you you want to be this protector. You want to be this warrior. That's part of being a protector is looking out for your brother. And so, you know, mm-hmm. be be a good friend even when it's not easy and yeah. even when your friends are being jerks. <laughs> no, I think that's really great, man. And and I like how you said that, that the, the purpose of being a friend sometimes is just to be a friend. And... And at the end of the day, when you have a conversation with somebody that you can be honest with, that you can be open with, you're better at the end of that conversation, even if it wasn't particularly intentional. Like even if it wasn't where you're like building each other up and trying to get each other to spur one another on, you know, even if just having a good conversation with somebody just wakes you up out of yourself a little bit. Yeah. And that helps you be more intentional in other areas of your life. Because yeah. then you realize that like it's not all about you, that you're not going crazy, that you know, you're hearing other people's struggles, hearing other people's joys, he, you or them hearing your joy and your struggles, like just the simple things of friendship can really wake you up and make you more wholesome and and make you more healthy to go about you know, go about your business. Yeah. And it just, I think it, I think a lot of that happens naturally. You know, we, before we, 
recorded, you know, we were having a conversation with Luke about lifting and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I am ready to go, man. I'm juiced to get mm-hmm. out of here. It's 1030 right now here <laughs> in, in Sterling where we're, when I, where I'm recording and I'm going to go to the gym and lift right after this. Right. Cause like that mm-hmm. conversation, uh, spurred me on, even though it wasn't yeah. like, like you weren't trying to be like, yeah, man, go and, you know, like mm-hmm. like lift bigger than you ever had before like it wasn't that conversation it was just we were talking about our routines and what we've done mm-hmm. and what we're experiencing and and but like now i'm like ready to go like i'm reared yeah. and i'm ready to go um, and i think that's kind of the natural outcome of friendship yep you know when i have conversations with um our lead pastor here uh pastor ben who i consider a friend like when him and i have a conversation and you know come out of that like I feel like I want to be a better worker and I feel like I want to be uh, more more intentional about how I spend my time and and how I uh, allocate my time. Like he spurs me on to be better, even if we're not talking about that thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what friendship can provide is a way for you to team up with other guys, to have acceptance with other guys uh, and to be spurred on in a, a kind of a natural way. Yeah. Well, and I, I, one thing uh, that I would just add to it, especially with guys, we have to have some humor in our lives. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and some of the best sources of that is going to be your friends. Yeah. And, and just, you know, I, I, I love it. Me and, me and uh, my buddy Jared, uh, we send each other dumb memes. Yeah, and and so just out of the blue, I'll look at my phone and, and it just busts me up. And and no matter what's going on in life in that moment, life's a little better, right? Yeah. You know, life's a yeah. little less heavy. And you know, you talk about lifting and our conversation earlier, spurring you um, for your workout later tonight. You know, sometimes when we're really stressed, you get a phone call from a friend that doesn't yep. talk about anything serious. Yeah. But you guys just crack jokes, bust balls, and just you laugh for thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And you know what? All of a sudden, I I can manage this. Right. And right. and so I I think there's just so many benefits to it where mm-hmm. where there isn't an agenda, right. where where you're intentional with each other, but there isn't an agenda where right. you're trying to make someone into something else. It's just I I just want to be your friend to be your friend and um that's that that's a beautiful thing and and i'm very thankful um for the friends including you eric mm-hmm. um you know uh in my life and that's something fellas you know be intentional with one another yeah, yeah that reminds me of um Psalm 133, where it says how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity, you know, and uh, I think there's just a joy that comes from having friends, like you said, that you can just, you can just contact, you can talk briefly without an agenda, without, without having to like push anything or try to sell anything. Mm. You're just doing your thing and, um, enjoying each other. And that, 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 uh, is a light, you know, it's, it can be a light in a really dark place. So, uh, and I'm glad that I'm glad that I have you as a friend as well, Dan. Yeah. And, uh, it's been a good, been a good four weeks and I appreciate you, um, you. joining us the last four weeks as we've explored yeah. manhood and, uh, man, it's been a real treat. Yeah. 100%. Oh, oh, well, and it's, it's been an honor, dude, that, that you thought of me and that to get the opportunity to have these conversations with you. Um, it's, this, this has been so much fun for me and such a blessing to my life. Um, and, and I've grown substantially from our conversations and thinking through these things and hearing, um, you know, your thoughts and, and what the Lord's been leading you. And, you know, a couple of things just as we're wrapping up our, mm-hmm. our last one of the series um, is, is men, you know, the, the time to be a man is now. That's right. Um, and, and in our world, we need you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need men that stand upon the word of God, mm-hmm. that, that are confident mm-hmm. in their salvation and their sonship in the kingdom of God. And, and we need men that are going to work hard, that, that are going to work hard, you know, in their profession, that are going to work hard in their home. 
um, and that are going to work hard for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And that that may look different for you than the people around you, but one is not greater than the other. Right. Um, to quote the great Martin Luther King, you know, if God's called you to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper God ever made, mm-hmm. you know. And and so attack each day um, with great enthusiasm. Yeah. You know that uh, wake up and and get your mojo flowing. Mm-hmm. Get get you know fired up. And, and as John Gruden said, as I got quite a few quotes in a row here, as John Gruden said, enthusiasm. If you don't have it, fake it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. and you know stand for Christ. You know, and and let him be the center of your life. Let him guide you. Um, you know, as Joshua one nine, my favorite verse says, "Be strong and very courageous. Do not be fearful. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go." Mm. And and God is with you. God is for you. Um, and and live in the confidence of that. Because if you live in the confidence of that, you know all this all these things that we've talked about are going to work themselves out. And the last thing I'll say is New Life, you guys are so blessed to have Eric Anderson on your staff because um, knowing him for almost a decade now, um, there there are very few men my age that I think of as highly as him. Um, He loves you very much. Um, He is fully committed to what you guys are doing, and uh, he's a great blessing to my life so so. Next time you see him, make sure to love on him and encourage him because uh, I'm partial, but but you folks are real fortunate to have him on staff. Mm-hmm. And give him Don't. a raise. <laughs> <laughs> there's my plug. There's, there's the mortgage sales side of me there, Eric, for you. Well, thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Those are very kind words. Too kind, for sure. Um, but love you, man. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, um, you know, we'll, I'm sure that we'll have you on the podcast again soon. Anytime. And for those of you who have listened in, uh, to this series, thank you guys for, um, sticking with us over these four weeks. Um, especially you men, man, I hope that you're encouraged and challenged. I hope that you find other men, uh, to go on this journey with into manhood. Um, praise God every day and, uh, and put on Christ every day, put on all of his promises, um, and walk in the blessing that God promises. Uh, to us in the scriptures. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, we'll see you later.